Can you say cerveza? It's time for the beer podcast, Morty. Worst beer podcast ever. Steve and Adam. Ah, funny guys. Hop Nation USA, beer podcast leaders for over five years. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Hop Nation USA podcast. This is episode 257. The, the train just keeps on rolling. I am Adam. With me is Steve. Yeah, sometimes the train runs. It's <laughs> we, we, yeah. It was it was a bit of a German train for a long time, you know. Never missing episodes in that, but now it's much more of a Amtrak. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> get there when we get there. You get the COVID sometime, and yes, uh, but we are back. Uh, we are here uh, for all of your beer news and beer discussions and whatnot. Uh, and, and like we said, we've taken a couple of weeks off. We are back, and I want to extend first and foremost uh, my thanks to those that reached out to us to make sure everything's okay make sure that everybody is still you know copacetic so thank you for that yeah I appreciate we didn't that. die <laughs> no we didn't die we didn't have a falling out you know there was no fight in the parking lot people do get upset though when you take away their free media <laughs> <laughs> i think I'm feeling much like Batgirl this week. <laughs> As, Aww. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, except for instead of, you know, like hundreds of thousands of, of people, it was, you know, it, it was a nice handful of people. It was. It was. <laughs> that blows my mind. It was already in the can. It was yeah. done. Yeah, it was. I mean, they just didn't want to spend any more. It's, it's such a weird Hollywood thing of like new producers and new like heads of departments and things come in mm -hmm. and then they'll just ax projects yeah they're like, nah, this like, is nothing anymore but like it's almost it's incredibly rare for them to just like ax completed things yeah <laughs> the money's already been spent yeah the money's been spent things have been <laughs> just, filmed <laughs> just get something back so although i wonder if they did that to kind of you know get a little buzz going on it and just sort of slow burn it for a year or two and then send it out i yeah i doubt we'll ever see it i mean I, at least in a completed form i somebody's gonna smuggle that out somebody's yeah, gonna uh, leak yeah. it <laughs> yeah there'll be some weird sidebar some weird counter in the corner we'll have to deal with yeah i, yeah. I hope that movie's terrible like just because like they're saying they're releasing it because it's too bad to release yeah so like it it has it i need it to be the worst like Batman movie ever. Yeah. To it can't be just, that. <laughs> it can't just be middling. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be mid level because like DC has already put out so many, you know, just like mid mm -hmm. fucking properties that like if they just put this, if they didn't put this out because it's also mid, then like, what would you No, It needs to be the worst just piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Almost to the point where they need to re-edit it to make it that piece of garbage. No, they needed to like refilm it to, <laughs> <laughs> they need to spend another 20 million and make it a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> just boom mics popping in and out of view. Yes, exactly. All the audio levels all mixed up. Yeah. I need, I need like stock audio <laughs> sound effects. I need like an inappropriate soundtrack of like Keystone cops playing like, you know, the <laughs> jaunty pianos as people <laughs> run chase scenes and some sort of absolutely obnoxious product placement. That is mm -hmm. so obvious that you can't not see it for what it is. Yeah. Like the Bud Light thing in 
Transformers. Although, I mean, it'll really be hard to top Batman and Robins. Uh, do you remember the, the, the American Express Batman oh, yeah. card? It's oh, really yeah. hard to top that. <laughs> yeah. So, they, so they've got a high watermark to beat, at least. Mm-hmm. They know what they have to beat. It'll have to be something like the Batcave on B&B, Airbnb. So. Oh, oh uh, I hate how good that is. That's a really good idea. <laughs> I'm full of good, bad ideas. <laughs> if you want well, me to fuck your movie up, I'm here for you. <laughs> he goes for a very respectable rate. Mm-hmm. Three quarters of a million a movie. That's right. Uh, should we talk beer? Yeah. I mean, you can. Okay. <laughs> I have beer. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'll drink for both of us. Yeah. So uh, I have something from the other side of the state. Okay. East of State College. This is from the Wallen Paw Pack Brewing Company. Oh, yes. You've heard of them? <laughs> yeah, we've talked about them. Yeah. We talked about them, I think, the last episode we did, because they, they were one of the medal winners. It was part of a Oh, story. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. Of course uh, you did. <laughs> yeah, goldfish brain. We know this. Uh, but I have their Logan's Tears. Uh, it is a cherry oat crisp sour. This is what it Ooh. looks like. It's very Ooh. nice. Uh, it's got cherry. It's got oat. And it kind of got a, a crisp crumble, you know, graham cracker kind of vibe going on it. Interesting. How How is that? How, yeah. How is that oat? Like, is it making it thicker? That sounds like you know, you put oats in to get that big mouth feel. I mean, it, it's already a sour, so it's already going to have that thickness to it. Yeah, it's it's sometimes. not like a Berliner Weiss kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it's starting to get into the dessert sour portfolio, but not too shabby. I like it. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, I believe there are multiples in the Logan's Tears series. Also, it's makes not sense. just the the cherry oat crisp. But yeah, not too bad. I picked this up. I was out of town for a little bit. Uh, 6.2 on the ABV, 5 IBUs. I like all of those numbers. Okay. And, they, and they're <laughs> out of Hawley, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah that's out up, there in that other part of the state. Yeah, that's out, it's out in those uh, other parts that we don't visit because, you know, we just don't cross, we don't cross the state like that. That's right. You can, <laughs> just get to State College and stop. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't have beer. I got Sadie. I knew it. I Sadie. knew it. Well, I mean, if you're following us on Twitter, you knew I just had a day of like, <laughs> I want some Sadie. I'm going to get some Sadie. Today is Sadie day. Yeah. And then I got so, some Sadie. So what you so got? I got Cider Boys and this is their Tiki Colada. Ooh. So it's a pina colada apple cider, you know? Ooh. How is it? It's good, you know. It's exactly uh, kind of what you want for the summer. It's a little too sweet. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's just just a little little too sweet. Uh. But otherwise, it's really good. Five would ABV. You, so. Would you consider this to be a good uh, beach cider or poolside cider if you're in the shade? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Like yeah, if you're not looking to put down like a full pina colada frozen drink or something or uh, you know, uh, like something sweeter or heavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is fine for that. Okay, but yeah, it's yeah, it's just a a little bit too too sweet. So you probably want to mix it up with something else. I think this one because it's in a can is part of like a variety pack they put out for the summer. Okay, 
because I also saw some other ones in a can. I had another one that was like a royal blueberry. Oh. And the, the royal blueberry is really good. That one's not as sweet. So this sounds like something you should throw in the beach cooler mm-hmm. with the with the Miller Lights because yeah. it's nobody cares at the beach. Just drink right. your Miller Lights. It'll be fine. But after yeah. two or three of those, switch to this. Get yourself back to center. Mm-hmm. Feel good about the day. Yeah, drink drink two or three Miller Lights or Natties, you know, or Natter Days. Then have, you know, a nice sweet tiki colada dessert <laughs> and go back to your Natter Days. <laughs> Just kind of like switch that. back and forth between the two. Have, have a beach day or whatever. <laughs> A beach day, a pool day, a back porch day, or uh, just Tuesday at work at yeah. home and don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Have any day you want. Gives a shit. <laughs> I'm not your doctor. I can't tell you what to do. Yep. But what I can do is talk about the three ends in life, Steve. Mm-hmm. The news, the notes, and the neats. Uh-huh. Would you like to get into that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? Uh, I got strife. I got strife in my life, Steve. Is that We're a, running out of... Is that a no, lyric? Strife. Is that a no, lyric? I just okay. made that up. Okay. It no. just sounds like a lyric. <laughs> it kind of does, doesn't it? Uh, sounds, no. Sounds We're like running out of CO2. <laughs> <laughs> We're running out of CO2 in our world, Steve. Uh, I've heard such things. In our beer world, I should say. Yeah. I've heard. I've heard such rumblings. So uh, this is just another another hit to the beer and craft drink industry. Uh, we've all heard about all the price increases due to price increases. Aluminum's going through the roof. This, that, and the other thing. Well, CO two is now on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, supplies are running very low. Uh, some of that came back from the pandemic when it was in its prime. Uh, places had to shut down. Uh, there is summer maintenance going on, so other facilities are shut down. Apparently, there was a large contamination of a large large stock. I believe that was in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. There was a Mississippi plant that started having like contaminated CO two, so like the CO two would impart like crazy flavors and like cause spoilage and stuff in beer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, well, can't have that. <laughs> right. So that uh, that whole supply basically got shut down uh, to the point that Night Shift Brewing, I know we've talked about them on here. I know I've drank it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, are, they are speculating that they're going to be shutting down production uh, by October because of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw that. And it was just like, it's it sounds crazy that they can't find another... So a lot of the story is about like breweries who contract their CO2 mm-hmm. from facilities, you know, like the one in Mississippi. And then the other, the other one that's a big problem is there's one in Illinois that uh, is like under maintenance. So that's, mm-hmm. and I don't know how many like PA breweries or if any Western PA breweries are affected by this, but it sounds like a lot of like Massachusetts breweries are uh kind of getting the shaft on you know this because they're not able to buy co2 to gas the beer right but like Uh, you can't find somewhere else i i'm i'm curious if anybody at any western pa breweries are listening and you have been affected by this let us know yeah i'd like to know i feel like yeah a lot of people aren't looking to let people know that they might be in trouble you could be anonymous yeah. You could be anonymous. Just say, we are a Western PA brewery. 
<laughs> and uh, we're getting beat up a little bit. That's all. <laughs> From Spoonwood. <laughs> <Dot> info. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll play it cool. Right, yeah. You know, we're not going to spread that word. We're not out to, you know, beat anybody up like that. But I'm 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 genuinely curious. Yeah, yeah, it is just odd that like they nobody was able there's no I don't know, there's just no backup. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody yes. had a backup plan. Well, I think I have a backup plan. Everything just goes on Nitro. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> what about... Ah, nah. <laughs> I was going to oh, say... okay. Yeah, well, because... So, everybody, uh, you know, everybody knows, like, helium. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say helium, but there's that, there's that other side of it, of, like, uh, sulfur hexide. I think it is that like gives you the real deep voice when you breathe it in. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So like what if you just start putting sulfur hexide on, but then maybe that gives like the rotten egg fucking <laughs> You know, sometimes that might just be worth it. Well, and if also, you label it and market it just right, people yeah. will buy it. Well, you market it as a Keller beer and just everything becomes Keller beer because Keller beers have <laughs> fucking a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, a sulfury taste to them mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> because they're they're unmature. So. <laughs> so I guess we could also go with cask ales because that I, I, cask, yeah. that's pretty light on the on the CO2 as well, isn't it? Well, it's completely light on the CO2 because it's all natural exactly yeah like so yeah we're just gonna become a camera state that's all that's fine i'm <laughs> yeah. all right with that everybody's gonna the big problem with that is piper's pub isn't gonna be able to come back because everybody will be <laughs> real ale <laughs> hey they, they were just ahead of the times mm -hmm. they're ahead of the times but like now they're not gonna have a market because everybody's gonna <laughs> everybody's gonna be serving real ale off the fucking everybody's jamming into their niche yeah yeah everywhere you go is fucking 65 degree fucking <laughs> flat <laughs> and english, guinness. english bitters yeah and guinness Although, yeah, well. to be fair i wouldn't mind having either of those yeah and that's the other thing is like why can't night shift pivot to that Right. You see, you know it's coming down the pike, so just pivot to doing fucking English bitters for the rest of your season. Yeah, exactly. People will still buy it. <laughs> do pump, do pumpkin, do pumpkin English bitters. You know, <laughs> oh, pumpkin beers are already out. And that frustrates me. Yeah. Well, whatever. I saw. I already saw a pumpkin ad in Instagram. So. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> do they have any new varieties or anything like that this year? Or are they still trotting out the same old? Uh, as far as I know, it's the same old, same old this year. Uh, actually, even when I went and bought Scythes, I saw a whole shitload of Pumpkin and Pumpkin Nitro. So it's already out there. Warlock is better, and I stand by that statement. It's true. <laughs> it's true, but yeah. yeah. Uh. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like yeah, I feel like if you can't just let gas, you know, get you down, gotta gotta pivot, gotta think of ways to mm -hmm. you know do other things. Can that real ale, y'all? That's right. <laughs> Use that business degree for something. Yeah, think about it. I just saw I just solved everybody's problem that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> just move the real ale. What is it? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no big. But oh, so what? What do you got, Steve? Uh, I got 
a, a, a story coming from the biggest German supermarket, Aldi. Aldi. All right, so for for the Pittsburgh listeners, I'll translate for you. Aldi's. Yeah, Aldi's. <laughs> but uh, Aldi's is looking for a beer taster. Oh, really? Yes. And they, they're essentially, I got into it and I was, I was very excited when I saw that Aldi was looking for a, a beer taster. Mm-hmm. But then I got less excited because it turns out that it's just there. It's like a, it's a unpaid blog position. <laughs> Oh, oh! Yeah. They're not even paying anybody, right? No, <laughs> you get free beer, and then that's it. <laughs> we get that now. I know, but uh, <laughs> but now you get like whatever Aldi sends you too. <laughs> Which, all right, that's uh, I can't turn down more free beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, like but... a lot of that would include like their their scuffed brands, the the their mimics, mm-hmm. which is like. What is it like? One of them's like Wicked Apple, which is like the Angry Orchard ripoff. They have Heineken ripoffs, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't take too long to to kind of mesh together what they're trying to be. Yeah, but they're uh, yeah, they're just looking for an uh, official beer taster, and then you get to review the beers, and and you have to be able to like pick out flavors and pick out right. tastes, and you know explain. Uh, what the ingredients are doing in the beer so it's like it, it's something i feel like anybody who has you know uh, a level two cicerone certification mm-hmm. or a beer podcast could do so yes hint hint yeah if you're interested uh they are accepting applications until august 29th oh plenty of time mm-hmm. yeah All right so you have plenty of time get get your application in see if you can be aldi's beer taster did they say how long the position would be for? Is that like for six months or a year? Or? I mean, it doesn't really matter because they're not paying you. So it's well, as long I, as... <laughs> <laughs> you can just leave whatever you want. Yeah, it's as long as they're willing to send you beer. <laughs> yeah, all right. And as long yeah, as I'm you're willing to do it. <laughs> Other than that, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoever does that and whoever wins it, I wish them the best of luck. Yeah. And it maybe be it'll me. be me. It could be you. You're much better at that whole writing thing than I am. Yeah. But maybe I won't even apply. Or maybe you will apply and just not tell anybody. That way you get a leg up. That too. Do that. Just sneak in and take it. Uh, I've got one more. Uh, this is Pennsylvania news. This is, uh, I'll say, a legacy is returning to Pennsylvania. Interesting. Uh, one, one of the original craft breweries in Pennsylvania Stouts Brewing, mm-hmm. uh, they had closed down in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, head brewer had retired, said, we're done. We're walking away. Well, they're back. Neat. They're back. Uh, they uh, they teamed up with another Pennsylvania brewery, Evil Genius. Uh-uh. We know about them. Are they Maryland or are they Pennsylvania? No, <laughs> no that's I'm Philly. About it. Philly, okay. Yeah. Well, that area, I don't go to that area, so... <laughs> I don't go with any of that. <laughs> I don't go Not for the... any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's past state college. I don't know anything past there. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, they, they hooked up with Evil Genius Beer Company, and they're bringing back the Stouts Oktoberfest. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, it will be available in the eastern and central parts of the state. Hmm. 
but not so here? look out for that no uh, as far as boom. the uh i'll say uh as far as the article that i read which was from breweries in pa uh -huh. shout out to them for doing the legwork for us on this one uh -huh. so yeah uh eastern and central pa we don't get anything so somebody's got to make a trip to state college for us I'm sure if somebody at Creekside really asked for it, we could get some, but... Cause we I mean, could do a beer exchange program. Yeah, I mean, we we get Evil Genius out here, so, like, I'm sure you just have to ask and get it added to your order. We Slip somebody a 20. Yeah, yeah, it's not crazy. No. Um, yeah, that, that, that's kind of cool, though, because, like, uh, like you said, Carol Stout, she was open, like, when she originally announced her retirement she said they were open to like continuing the brands mm -hmm. so yeah yeah they, they were just like really uh she was just like ah, i'm not doing it anymore <laughs> right but if you want if which, you want if you want to buy the portfolio and do stuff you, you go ahead <laughs> which you know what i totally respect that yeah it's a it's a real um john carpenter approach to things <laughs> and, you know what i'm good yeah and I don't know if you've ever heard this, but like John Carpenter, uh, you know, the director of like Halloween mm -hmm. and all, you know, he's he they they asked him about like, you know, what does he think about all these Halloween remakes and shit? And he says, I don't care. I get I get a check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to sweeten the pot just a little bit more, their Stout's Gold will be coming out later this year as well. So it's not just a, you know, just a celebrity appearance. Mm hmm. By the Oktoberfest, they are continuing to expand the portfolio. Uh, and it looks like the reason that it's going to be in the eastern and central parts of the state only is due to distribution agreements with the uh -huh. distributors in those areas. Oh, uh, so like old contracts before. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. So, whatever. You know, <laughs> again, I'm, I'm sure a 20 to a delivery driver will make this go away. Yeah. <laughs> oops some fell off a truck mm -hmm. <laughs> and we got some anyway <laughs> welcome to capitalism yeah <laughs> oh well whatever yep it's fine yes you got anything else steve yeah i got one more all right and it is uh from cobble house oh yeah it's cobble house okay Brewing. and uh, if you're you know familiar with the show they were our very first interview uh, yes but cobble house is opening a second location really yeah where they are opening up uh it's going to be called cobble house at the falls and it's uh just outside of grove city uh outside of the outlets oh so there's the leesburg falls yeah and they're opening up uh in the in a space there there was a jewelry store called like uh bruno's diamonds or whatever or mm -hmm. the bruno jewelry family what, what the fuck ever <laughs> this is not a jewelry podcast we yeah. don't know yeah i don't know shit about that uh but yeah they they had this spot that was right next to the leesburg falls like you could look out from the just store and just you know see this nice little natural occurrence of waterfall mm -hmm. and uh but they have sold that spot to cobble house and so cobble house will be, yeah cobble house will be opening up a tap room up in the mercer county you know mercer and grove city area did they say when they're looking to open up this fall excellent cobble just house. in time for the fall foliage yeah cobble house or at the falls this fall um so interestingly 
uh just just trying to like confirm where the location was mm-hmm. though i uh, did a little looking and then bruno bruno fine jewelers is who uh was there okay. and they're moving because they're going to another location uh not too far away and funny enough they're moving into a place called the johnston tavern which was an old alehouse that was built in 1831 oh jeez. So, so a brewery is taking over their old spot and they're going to an old brewery. All right. Okay. Yeah. I'm just glad that Cobble House is expanding. Yeah. And it's, it seems like a really nice location and just, you know, as far as, as far as I know, they're kind of, they're kind of crowd. Yes. You know, uh, they're, they're not a hype douchey. Kind of, right. you know, this is much more in line with what their drinking audience would be. Just like hanging out, having a Belgian and, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the waterfalls. Which I can 100% support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, if you want to check out some uh, Cobblehouse beers this weekend, they're going to be part of that Rhythm and Blue Rhythm and Brews Festival that's in Bellevue. Excellent. You know the the one that uh, Lincoln Ave kind of spearheads because mm-hmm. they put on right. the, the the music and beer festival right in the heart of Bellevue. That's this weekend, so you get to check them out. You get some uh, you get some Lincoln Ave. You get some Cobble House. You get a little abjuration Eleventh Hour. You have a good time. Feel good about the day. Yeah, listen to some music, and then turn around next weekend. Go to Barrel and Flow. Yep. Have yourself another time. Yep. Would recommend for both. Yeah. Definitely. So, so that's all I've got in terms of the triple N. Steve, you got anything else? Nope. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to come back to this beer real quick. Uh, the Wall and Paw Pack. Now that I've had a chance to get into a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it warmed up a little bit and I think it kind of, it's a sour, so it, it needed to be cool, but not cold. Okay. And yeah, I like it. I'm glad I picked it up. I've got one or two for you if you want it. I might try one. We'll see. There's some waiting for you. I like I like cherry, but I don't like medicinal cherry, and that always seems that. that always seems to be something of a problem in yes. beer a lot. Mm-hmm. But when it's There's good, a fine line. Yeah, when it's good, it's very good. Mm. But yeah, I'll check one out maybe. All right. How uh, how's that sidey boy treating you? Yeah, Sidey's gone. I drank that Sidey. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I mean, it has, it, you know, it's a, it's a pina colada mimic. It's got decent uh, pineapple flavor to it. Not a whole lot of coconut, really. But I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I like more coconut, but um, otherwise, yeah, it's just, it, it's very sweet. So, like, just think of a very, very sweet pineapple cider. Okay. Um, it's not, uh, it's not like the Ace Pineapple Cider. I think that one's a much more down the middle pineapple. This one is definitely dessert tiki drink. They kind of, mm-hmm. you know, they they hit it more in the pina colada area. But put an umbrella in it. Yeah, yeah. Put nice. an umbrella in your can. Enjoy your afternoon. Nice. Or whatever you're up to. <laughs> or morning or evening or whatever. Yeah, don't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what do you say we take a quick break? Uh huh. 
Uh, load up on another beverage. I won't say beer because I don't know what you're drinking over there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're going to get into a discussion. Uh, we're going to move away from beer a little bit. We're going to get into a conversation of uh, of the past. We're going we're gonna to relive our teenage years. Yes, <laughs> the, we are. The things that we didn't get to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. You're, you're meandering. <laughs> Word salad didn't mean nothing. No, we're, gonna, we're just going to talk about what we didn't get to do as teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do that. We'll be right back after this. First Sip Brew Box is a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at First Sip Brew Box. Com. Welcome back to segment two of the Hub Nation USA podcast, episode 257. Thank you for sticking with us and sticking by. We should jump right into our beverages, Steve. Yes. Because we have much to discuss. Yeah. Uh, would you like to go first this time? I will go first. Okay. So, uh, I do have beer, sort of, this time. Oh. Okay. I have uh, from the Thirsty Dog Brewing Company Mm. out of that Cracker in Ohio. It is their Black Cherry Shandy. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah, I picked it up because I had that reaction. Uh, (laughs) 5% on the ABVs, zero IBUs. Okay. Interesting uh, interesting looking beer. It, It looks like kind of looks like rosé mm-hmm. uh but you know beer form because it still had a head <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a pinkish red yeah yeah it's pinkish red it's also like really really like hazy cloudy like you know not that there's like a bunch of shit floating in it but you can you can just not see through it really right right so yeah uh on the nose though it is a little bit different. Um, it's uh, it's not all things that I love to smell. <laughs> okay. For it's, example. Like, there's something... So, we just got done talking about it, about the medicinal nature of how cherries can be. Yes. And there's kind of a medicinal smell to it. Hmm. Like, there's still cherries... Mm-hmm. And like there's fresh cherry smell to it, but then there's like a medicinalness to it, and then just a little bit of multi. Hmm. So almost sounds like they used real cherries, but then kind of goosed it with some extract or something like that. Yeah, or maybe just the nature of the beer. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but how how was the beer in and of itself in terms of taste? The flavor wise, it's better. Right on. Because I'm not getting like the medicinal. Uh, medicinal flavors on on the taste mm-hmm. i'm also not getting a whole lot of cherry but i'd rather uh, have less cherry and no medicinal <laughs> right <laughs> <You know? laughs> less right. cherry and no dimatap is better than like dimatap and beer <laughs> right 
So I'm curious. Uh, they say it's a shandy bar. Shandy's supposed to be down like 3%, three percent, three, three and a half. This is an American shandy. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but I'm having my styles confused in my head. I was thinking Rattlers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, shandy at five makes sense now. Yeah. I mean, even still, I think, you know, you're, you're, it's still okay to, you know, expect lower ABVs. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 5% is still not unexpected for a shandy. Yeah. It's, it's fine. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. But yeah, it's a, yeah, it's okay. It's not, uh, it's not exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. It, like, it definitely doesn't compete with New Glarus or um, Castile Rouge. So, Those are some fairly high bars, let's be honest. It, they are, but you have to know where it doesn't reach. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it doesn't get up there. It, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's better than some of the other stuff that's out there, but yeah, it just, it doesn't reach those pinnacles that I really love, so mm-hmm. it's fine. <laughs> okay, right on. Uh, for me, uh, I'm also going outside of the state of Pennsylvania for this one. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to New York. Uh, specifically Rochester, New York, which is the home of Three Heads Brewing. And I have their Old Salty, which is a salted caramel chocolate stout. Ooh, fun. Yes. Uh, and it is made with laughing gold chocolates. Uh, not bad. I like it. Mm, this is a good day for it because it's kind of rainy as we're recording. Mm-hmm. It's kind of blasé out, so this makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I like it. I could use a little bit more thickness on it. Uh, in terms of numbers, six and a half IBUs is 30, so pretty down the middle for a stout. Yeah. Nothing extraordinary, nothing too low. But, but uh, yeah, also it's not fucking syrup. <laughs> right. It's a very drinkable beer. Uh, I like it. Uh, it does have a good bit of roastiness to it, mm-hmm. which I like. Uh, the saltiness, there's since it's a salted caramel, there's a tiny bit kind of have to go find it yeah but oh no not a bad beer uh this is not the first beer i've had from three heads um and probably not the last that's it yeah that's a, that sounds interesting it sounds like something i would be into mm-hmm. i like i like salted caramel chocolates and uh yeah yeah that that i guess that was my biggest concern is like how did they pull off you know how well did they pull off the saltiness right it's not like they tried to combine a a stout with a goza mm-hmm try to do anything like that uh i am gonna let this warm up a little bit this one was in the fridge mm-hmm. so i'm gonna give my due diligence let it warm up maybe things will open up a little bit more i, be, I but, bet uh, you'll i bet you'll find more caramel and salt flavors as mm-hmm. it gets warmer just because like yeah. salt is like a is a muted i think that, i think that's one of those flavors that gets more muted the colder it is mm-hmm. so yeah i will say uh now that i'm drinking this even the, I don't know, five degrees or whatever, it has warmed up. I am starting to find a little bit more in there. So towards the end of the segment, we're, we're revisiting this, and I got a good feeling about it. Cool. So there you go. And uh, I felt that this beer was very appropriate for this segment, the Old Salty, mm-hmm. um, because we're going to get into a documentary that uh, Steve, you and I both watched about something from our past, Yeah. which... <sighs> makes you feel old. Mm-hmm. Uh, a three-part documentary is on Netflix called Trainwreck Woodstock 99. And it, it chronicles the failings of the Woodstock 99 music festival. Holy shit. Yeah. 
What a terrible idea and terrible execution. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, I, I remember this. I do too. And like, I remember watching a lot of it on MTV too. Mm-hmm. Like, because because you know there was like that simulcast, and, and part of the documentary is you know just a lot of like MTV's involvement. Uh, they even uh, have uh, Ananda Lewis. Who was you know like a a she VJ? Like, she was like a VJ, but like more of just a host mm-hmm. back in the day because yeah. they didn't really do VJ stuff at that point. Right. Um, I think really only Carson Daly was the VJ at the point, you know, because he was the only one doing TRL. But right, uh, yeah, somewhere between Carson Daly and Kurt Loder. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in that realm. Yeah, in that realm. <laughs> but yeah, nonetheless, still looking good, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. All these. <laughs> All these years later, but yeah, that I I actually found myself not liking this doc. Really? Yeah. How how did you feel about it? So I found it interesting, uh, but I think the biggest thing was it was a it was a time trip back mm-hmm. to to our teenage years, seeing a lot of stuff and hearing some language that I haven't heard in a long time, at least not ironically. <laughs> That was the biggest thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm curious as to why you didn't like it. Did you not like the way it was produced? Did you not like the angle that they took? What was your What was your issue with it? All of it. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, just all of it. Um, so, like, there was another Woodstock 99 documentary that came out last year on HBO. Yes. And it's completely, and I haven't seen it, so. I, I, I've, I, I've heard some mixed reviews on that one. Yeah. This one, though, like, it is it is so edited and skewed in a lot of ways that it just doesn't it doesn't come off as genuine. And like you're saying, it, it is much more of a, just watch it for the nostalgia sake. Yeah. But the problem with watching it for nostalgia sake is that also like they, they get a lot into like the sexual assault that go. So it's not like a fun watch. No, it was not. No, it was not. Yeah, like now, it's, it's fun. It's the maybe the first episode's fun, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you get a lot of like you know, reminiscence of things like that, and they basically close it out. The first episode closes out on the first day, which was like ending with Corn's performance, and right. so like there, there's like fun, you know, to mm-hmm. to that first episode. But then the next two are all about like you know the violence and the sexual assault, and it's like this isn't really fun. But also, like, they're not accomplishing anything. Right. It, I, I will agree that if you're, if you're watching this after watching uh, documentaries on Fire Festival, mm-hmm. it, okay, it's not quite as extreme as the shit show there. Right. I mean, that was, that was balls of the wall stupid. Uh, but this one was, it, it, it felt like it was something that was just, and they literally said it, it was a money grab. Yeah, and, and for those that are not aware, that are younger, this was the third Woodstock. Uh, obviously, Woodstock '69 was the first one, and they actually had one in 1994 uh, for the 25th anniversary, mm-hmm. which, according to the documentary, lost money. I don't know how you do that, but it lost money. Yeah. So, just a couple points of clarification on this: one, it's actually the fifth Woodstock. Really? Yeah. There was there was a show in 79 that was at madison square garden 
okay. that featured a lot of the acts from 69, but it mm-hmm. wasn't called Woodstock because the main guy, Michael Lang, wasn't really a part of this. Okay. It, it was just called Celebration like 10 years later, but it was still, mm-hmm. it was still Woodstock. Uh, right. And then there was another one in 89 that was much more of a call back to the original in 69. But again, Michael Lang wasn't involved. It was just kind of like a lot of uh, jam bands. Like they, they secured rights to play on a farm and mm-hmm. just it, people passed through. And apparently like, you know, 150,000 some people passed through uh, this farm. Really? Yeah. And in like, I think like uh, one of the big bands that spearheaded it was uh, Wavy Gravy. Um, All right. So yeah. like, there, you know, it was much more in line with the hippie culture mm-hmm. uh 94 and 99 were the productions of michael lang who correct michael lang did the original in 69 um and then he also had hands in ultimont i don't know if you knew that <laughs> i did not know that yeah <laughs> ultimont where people died because of the rolling stones well they died because of the hell's angels but <laughs> well but why were the hell's angels there yeah so yeah michael lang's involvement in ultimont was uh originally uh that concert was supposed to take place at the sears speedway mm, okay and, sears point yeah and they mm. they canceled the the there was something that they couldn't do so like the the show got canceled there and Michael Lang was part of the team that moved it from Sears Speedway to Altamont. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then because of they because of moving it to Altamont, they changed a whole bunch of things. Like the stage wasn't big enough, so people could like get too close to the stage. And they hired the Hell's Angels because <laughs> that was a fucking cost cutting thing, right. which is something that comes back up in this Woodstock '99 is cost cutting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was 100% a money grab. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I found that it very interesting when you look at the location where they decided to hold this. It was not on a farm in upstate New York. It was at an abandoned Air Force base. Yeah. Yeah, it was at Griffiths Air, Air Force Base. which I, terrible. I have to imagine either they got, they either secured that as a venue for super, super cheap Mm-hmm. Or there might have even been like some government subsidiary for re- repurposing, right? You know, former government land. And I, well, they, they even covered it in the, in the documentary that the mayor of Rome, New York, which was the town that this Air Force base was located in, they were all about it because everybody had already left mm-hmm. from the Air Force base. It had closed down, so all the personnel had left. So they looked at it as a way to get more money back in town, right? Which, as mayor, yeah, you have to do that. Yeah, that hey, I I do not like I don't fault the mayor. No, you know? absolutely not. <laughs> I don't fault the mayor in trying to like revitalize a town that like got in trouble because somebody closed it, you know, a, right. a, a huge moneymaker. Right. Through uh, no fault of their own. Yeah. That I definitely fault at first I wasn't so much uh faulting Michael Lang until I read more about him. Yeah, you know what? And I kind of did the same thing where at first it's like, well, maybe he's a victim of circumstance where, mm-hmm. you know, the the main promoter kind of drug him along and he didn't say anything. Right. The more and more I watched this documentary, this guy was kind of a dick. Yeah. And, and the more I read about him, it like I was like, oh, because my my original take, because I didn't know much about him, like 
before watching the doc mm-hmm. and like i'll watch the doc and then like you can kind of see like you're saying like the more you watch it the more he kind of becomes a dick but like my thought originally was like that he was just some kind of hippie that was involved with the 69 production and mm-hmm. then this other guy that you're introduced to john Shear, who he's a complete scumbag he is you like, can tell like that dude is scumbag from the jump so it doesn't yeah. matter but <laughs> like my thought was like that sheer was kind of using lang's name mm-hmm. in association with the original production right pull, he's buying legitimacy yeah to pull off like 94 and 99 but then like i read more about michael lang and like i said he had his hands in ultimont which was a fuck up so like he mm-hmm. already has you know one in the bag of being a fuck up <laughs> and then like also he he was just joe cocker's manager really yeah like after after 69 that. woodstock he was joe cocker's manager and then like he's also done he did a whole bunch of other productions for other bands for throughout the years oh so this so, dude like, was doing all right yeah oh for sure and then like the reason why i read more into him is because when they're filming him right Mm-hmm. It, like that big space that he's being filmed in yeah you know i was looking at it it's like that's a that's a pretty expensive mid-modern century house mm-hmm. you know yeah. as a per, as a person who enjoys his architecture <laughs> <laughs> doing your it, zillow stalking yeah doing my zillow stalking <laughs> and stuff i was like that's like a mid-modern century house with like a huge great room to it Mm-hmm. that dude has money how does that dude have so much money when he's when the, all they're doing is crying poor mouth during you know these these productions and i was like how does this dude have money and it's like oh he managed joe cocker and had like a whole bunch of other productions <laughs> he had a huge production company under his belt this mm-hmm. dude has fucking bank this dude's actually just kind of a low-key scum right exactly he, he kind of passes under the radar until you start picking stuff up yeah and so that like that's another thing i just didn't love about this doc is that like they they don't really put it out there that you know everything in every way that these guys had their hands and stuff mm-hmm. like they, they you know lang is played down very much as like this cool calm collected hippie from the day de- back in the day mm-hmm. not like a money guy right and, you know and then like john shearer is obviously he's he's basically portrayed as the villain Yes. Now, he he was yeah, the he, villain. He was. Yeah. He just had accomplices along the way. Right. Yeah. It's just like don't don't absolve everybody else though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you can have more than one villain in a story. Yeah. Look at Batman. And then they don't even really get into the third guy who was a part of this was who was Ozzy Kill Kill Kenny. Like you see him a couple times in mm-hmm. different interviews and things like that and in different footage, but he's not like they never talk to him about right. the production or anything yeah like john shear's role in this doc is to like cover his ass yes there was there were several parts in the interviews where you could tell that they were trying to pass the buck to somebody else or something else (laughs) you know what i found that very interesting i lived through that time and i always thought it was limp biscuit that started the riots i did i always thought that i never did Mm mm-hmm like I yeah. knew I knew the way they started things getting like uh, off the rails, you know, right? because there was just like that general like energy of like, you know, just we're going to fucking tear things down and break yeah. shit. But 
I knew it, I knew it was not fully their fault because, and this is what's glossed over in the the doc, which is one of the reasons mm-hmm. why I don't like it. Fair. Another one is the <laughs> the way this doc sets it up. It's a, they set it up as like Limp Biscuit and Fred Durst came out and fucking like drove the crowd into a frenzy. Yeah, they tried to instigate it. Yeah, and then everybody left Limp Biscuit and went to a rave. Yeah, with Fat Boy Slim. Right. That completely glosses over the fact that Rage Against the Machine came out and fucking burned an American flag and continued the energy. <laughs> like nothing right. against, nothing against Rage or anything like that. And they have yeah, I'm I, I'm all for the way you know, minus the sexual assault, I'm all for the way everybody handled this mm-hmm. because of the way they were treated by the promotion. You know what? You're you're right in in that way in terms of turning on the production and stuff like that. Yeah, the, you know the crowd turning against them. I I'm having a hard time blaming them. Yeah, because they they got fleeced. Right. Yeah, they got you got locked. <laughs> in, yeah, you got locked in an area, and then you're a captive audience. And oh, by the way, water is eight bucks a bottle now. Yeah, and and so like I guess this, this is a good time to point out like coming from you and I like we've both been to Bonnaroo mm-hmm. which is pretty comparable yes. and like so mm-hmm. you know when we're watching this we can see everything that like you know we have at Bonnaroo because we right, have exactly. we, we have more or less clean facilities yes <laughs> you know sometimes you go poop in the woods instead but <laughs> or you just try you just don't your, tell nobody <laughs> or just try your best not to poop all weekend <laughs> guilty as charged yeah yeah uh you know like but there's plenty of water there you know, food wasn't crazy expensive. Like mm. there was shade if you needed it. There was air conditioned spaces if you needed them. You know, it wasn't overloaded. And, right. And, and, and it wasn't on a tarmac. Right. Yeah. It, like even though it's still like a hundred fucking degrees in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody's out of their tent by seven forty five yeah. because it's too hot by then. Yeah. It it's still like is still i could just see all the failings in woodstock that like we just didn't have 10 years later mm. at bonnaroo so right so in a way we reap the benefits of that right yeah the the other one uh just back to that like the way they were blaming limp biscuit though is like they completely also omit the fact that after rage metallica plays wait really yeah yeah the lineup the lineup for the saturday night went limp biscuit rage against the machine metallica Okay, so step back just a moment. My my nostalgia is really kicking in right now. Be like, man, that'd be an awesome show. <laughs> I would really enjoy that. I'm sure you would. Like, <laughs> like, and there, like, there was definitely a lot to that show to enjoy. Like, there was a lot of good things that you know went on. But there was also the other thing they pointed out, and I do agree with this. Is, I mean, I agree with like the fact that the crowd they attracted. Um, being like mostly like fratty douche bros, right? Because you think of the people who are like twenty at ninety nine, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're thinking of and like who's listening to Limp Biscuit, you know? <laughs> right, you're like, listening to Limp Biscuit and looking at your Fight Club poster. Ah, you know what? And that's another fucking thing. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> so at one <laughs> point on. they're interviewing uh, this journalist David Blaustein. Mm-hmm. And David Blaustein is trying to give this profile 
of the the average limp biscuit or angry white boy you know of 1999 right and he's saying part of the he's saying a lot of the attitudes of the people who went to woodstock were shaped by american pie and fight club right Yes, yes, he did say that. That's what he was saying. And they even show mm-hmm. clips I of... Agree. Yeah, they show clips of Fight Club. They show clips of American Pie. Mm-hmm. When did American Pie come out? 1999. July 7th, 1999. When was this? Three weeks before. <laughs> simply three weeks before. Right, exactly. When did Fight Club come out? Did that also come out in 99? November of 99. So it wasn't even out yet. Yeah. Oh, well, I feel like a horse's ass. <laughs> and it's okay. Like, I mean, yeah. you're right. It came out in 1999, but like, this wasn't something, Fight Club wasn't in the zeitgeist. Right. Unless you read the book, which I believe that was a bit of a niche book at the time. Yeah. Most people didn't read Chuck Palahniuk. And the whole reason why Fight Club became such a problem is because everybody who saw the movie didn't fucking get the point of the movie. Right. Because it's much more they, clear in the book of like uh, Jack it, slash Tyler Durden is a fucking jag off. Hey, not, spoilers. Yeah. You're not supposed to, <laughs> you're not supposed to want to be that person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's 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 a fucking pathetic loser who is destroying his world around him. You're not supposed yeah. to want to be that. <laughs> this is not a goal. Yeah. It's the movie that took the bend and like, you know, David Fincher is a great director, but he just didn't make it as clear mm-hmm. in the movie that you're not supposed to want to be that. He he right. he more you know he more glorified you know being uh, rebelling against society. So mm-hmm. right, yeah. So yeah, that yeah again another shitty failing on this doc's part in that they accepted you know the, this narrative that. Fight Club shaped all the minds of people of Woodstock, <laughs> and that's not the way it was. Like, right? Maybe there was like kind of like a uh, an energy without a name at that point, right? Of just like well, I, angry testosterone. You could call it new metal. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just that crowd, and it's just those bands because it's back to the point of like you invited. DMX and Kid Rock and Limp Bizkit to play at your hippie fest. And that that was the thing that <laughs> that blew my mind. Like, okay, you're inviting all of these acts that are obviously, you know, testosterone driven and angry and stuff like that mm-hmm. to what is supposed to be a peace and love festival. Right. So you were either blindly ignorant or willfully ignorant. And it was willfully ignorant because it, like all of those acts were huge. But they were right. huge on MTV. It wasn't a surprise yeah. that a band called Rage Against the Machine yeah. might get a few people riled up. Yeah. Like, they had, sure, they had plenty of, like, calmer acts like Jewel and Bush and... Uh, Cheryl Crow and Willie... Yeah. Honestly, Willie Nelson on Sunday morning, I'd be there for that. Yeah, that would rule. That would fucking yeah. rule. That that yeah. would be something that if it happened at Bonnaroo, I would be a part of. That that reminds me of when we were there. We were listening to the Beach Boys. Yeah, playing frisbee. Yeah, it was great. That was true Americana right there. Yeah, same we, thing with Willie Nelson. Yeah, we saw the Beach Boys in the early afternoon playing frisbee, getting drunk. It was great. Yeah. So that's the thing, though, is like they invited all these angry testosterone acts, like when they could have just easily like brought back acts that were from the time. 
Right. Like we saw Crosby, Stills, and Nash at Bonnaroo. So that means mm-hmm. they were still around for... <laughs> 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 they were there in 99. They didn't jump years. They didn't quantum leap from <laughs> right. the, 70s, <laughs> the 70s to 2010. <laughs> so, yeah, like yeah, I, they could... And I, I, I wonder how much like maybe MTV had a hand in shaping this and like in not just MTV, but like Viacom, yeah. the parent company, like how much do they have a hand in shaping what acts played? Cause like we see that, we see that nowadays with the way like live nation shapes festivals and they, right. they, they sell like you can have, you can have this act, but you have to take these three other acts. Right. It turns into a package. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wonder how much of that shaped it. And it just, but yeah, when you invite all the, you know, I, I'm all for those bands and like, yeah, Hey, even being at like metal fest and shit like that, I, I get the testosterone. I get all that anger, but you know, mm-hmm. when you do that, <laughs> you gotta be prepared for it. <laughs> so that, that brings up two, two things I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Number one, if, this was a festival by any other name. Would we be talking about this at all? Um, for the sheer simple fact of how much destruction there was, yeah. Like there, you think there, so? Yeah, there was so much. There was so much that went wrong with it. Like there was so much destruction. There was so much. Because I mean, we talk about Firefest. We don't fucking know mm-hmm. shit about Firefest. No, Firefest. I didn't know about it until after the fact, right? Yeah, Firefest didn't even really happen <laughs> we talk about because it, it was a fucking shit show so like this, the- this was also a shit show like you know mm-hmm. everything that went everything that could have went wrong went wrong right so right and, and a lot of it probably willfully so yeah yeah my other question is they talked a lot about security and you have security experience yeah at shows right so split that out did you agree with what they were saying that there was a complete lack of security numbers there. So yeah, there wasn't enough people uh, on security. Mm-hmm. Just looking at it didn't, you know. Um, but I think at some point, like when you get to two hundred fifty thousand people, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about because like they had the the, the there's they they interviewed the one security guard and he's talking about how uh, they had that sound tower where right. everybody had the mix boards and the monitors and they're just like an island mm-hmm. um, uh, among a huge mass of people. Right. Like if you don't have people that can get out there, like if you have to wade through 150,000 people just to get to this tower, it, it doesn't matter. Right. You know? Yeah. So like yeah, it, you, they didn't have enough, but they also there was just too many people at some point. Mm-hmm. So I and my my follow up to that is with your experience, have you ever had to deal with anything like that of dealing with large unruly crowds that kind of became a a, a single mass? Like it seemed like it was happening on multiple days there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> there's so uh, just two quick stories. Uh, the couple years that I worked at Star Lake, uh, it seemed like every year Ozfest came through, you had mm-hmm. fires, like. Really? You just had fires. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and uh, it was very common for um, 
the they had like little lawn chairs mm-hmm. that they would sell for people to sit out in the lawn so you could like rent a chair and then sit in the sit in the because it was like an amphitheater so there was like a just for the listeners who don't know the venue right <laughs> you know, it was an amphitheater so like you had a you had an undercover seating area but then you also had a big lawn right you could rent chairs for the lawn and the chairs had like cloth that were wrapped around metal mm-hmm. so people would just stack the chairs and set the cloth on fire <laughs> and you get these you get these big massive burning you know towers of chairs and you just kind of let them go like because what are you going to do about it yeah yeah because yeah, like it, it's on a hill it's on a slope you don't want to wade into a bunch of people who are like losing their shit <laughs> right <laughs> you know and like oh i gotta put this fire out excuse me pardon me <laughs> you just you just kind of let it burn and you you know you say yeah hey, get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah if you get hurt medicals that way yeah exactly <laughs> um the other the other show that i there was a lot of problems at was it was a uh it was a rap uh it was kind of like a rap festival and okay. it, i think it was I'm trying to remember everybody that was on the bill, but it was like definitely Busta Rhymes, Missy Elliott, and Fiddy, and maybe Jay Z or Ludacris. I can't remember I mean, very well. I think Ludacris was there. I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they some don't know what happened, but like the the crowd was like like generally just kind of like unruly, mm-hmm. and then the because they were because they were unruly it got to the backstage and then one of the acts i think it was either missy or 50 refused to go on stage until the crowd calmed down oh that's the wrong move exactly <laughs> because they they literally just like got even like angrier because they right. were seeing the show yeah and so like that was that was something that was kind of pointed out in this doc was uh i'm trying to think it was it was both you know with james brown not taking the stage mm-hmm. the crowd was getting upset but then like there were other instances of like you know if the band doesn't play it gets worse <laughs> right you have to give them something yeah you have to let they're already pissed off right they're already pissed off you have to let the show go on <laughs> yes so- <laughs> exactly it's sorted out later yeah so like yeah i've seen i've seen it to where on smaller scales of just you know, like thirty to fifty thousand people, of like mm. how how a crowd can fucking turn and get crazy, you right. know. <laughs> so like I don't I don't blame anybody who was like on security staff, especially again one of those cost cutting things was they were they just like paid people five hundred dollars, like yeah. who had no security experience or anything. They're just like here's five hundred dollars work this show, and here's a yellow shirt. Yeah. And like that's I've saw that all the time working Star Lake is like they just <laughs> they just hire fucking whoever. Right. <laughs> like You know what you're doing? No. no. Okay, follow me. Yeah, exactly. You had you know, you had like you had like tiered systems of like here's supervisors, you know, and then there was like people like me who were just kinda like, you know, I knew what was going on and just because I'm a big guy, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, Here's a radio. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then you had people who were just there to just be there just, just to be a, a body yeah just to be a body or somebody to point you to where the fucking miller light is 
So I I know you didn't like it. Uh, I I would recommend watching it, mm-hmm. if nothing else, for a bit of the nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, and to kind of see the shit show that's going on. Right. Yeah. You know, because there was a lot of destruction there. Yeah. I do agree with that. Yeah. If you're if you're younger and you don't remember it, check it out. But I feel like anybody our age who saw it happen live, or even people older, like, like you know, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure. Uh, should I drink that, Doug? And mm-hmm. and number one Pittsburgh Pit fan, <laughs> they yes. they have much better memories of this than we do. So <laughs> they may have been there. Yeah, they may have been there. So like, uh, I don't know that they. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They really care. <laughs> so it, there, there is a. It, it is kind of depressing the fact that this is now a a historic documentary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That this is now a piece of history rather than hey, this happened a couple of years ago. Yeah. No, you can you can now relay this to the next generation of this is the way we were. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I will say I do find it interesting and fascinating, like the way. The way they spend time contrasting 69 to 99 mm-hmm. and like i'm sure 69 can't be fully innocent because like no people died there yeah people died and uh like i'm sure there were sexual assaults that probably weren't reported or anything but mm-hmm. like they're, they're saying it was a much more peace and love i'm sure that was true as well yes because it wasn't yes. as corporatized like mm-hmm. when you when you have people selling coke and you know, uh, water and shit for, you know, exorbitant prices. And like, it's just, you know, 99 was a corporatized awful event. And then we going to Bonnaroo get the sanitized version of that. Yes. Because everybody's kept safe and happy, Mm -hmm. but it still doesn't, it still isn't going to even compare to like the original Woodstock which was much Which more is, organic and everything like that. That is a very good word to use, organic. Yeah. 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 I I completely agree with that. Everything is set up exactly for the user experience now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like especially like you'll never see Coachella on fire because no. it's way too sanitized, it's way too set up for the user experience. It's way and there's just honestly too many people on Wellbutrin and Klonopin to fucking <laughs> cause <Yeah>. trouble. So. <laughs> and there's too much corporate money in there. Yeah, now. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's the that's the train wreck documentary. Check it mm-hmm. out. If for no other reason, watch this documentary so that you could watch Fred Durst use the word fat unironically <laughs> to describe the show. <laughs> that hit me like a bolt of lightning. Because yeah. there was an interview just after they came off stage and they were talking about hey, what you do to the crowd and stuff like that. And it's like, that's a great show. It was fat. And he walked off. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, no. It's like, oh, no, we used to say that. It's so fucked up. <laughs> we did it on purpose. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, oh, did you uh, did you notice the one point where they're talking about uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine? Like they're talking about the crowd, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. repeating the rage against the machine line of "fuck you, I won't do what you tell me," as yeah. they burn everything down, and then mm-hmm. they go to play music in the background, and it's yeah. not Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I did pick up on that. <laughs> it's like a ripoff Rage. <laughs> <laughs> Angry at the dishwasher. Yeah. 
it just it sounds just ever so slightly not. <laughs> I just thought that was. But really everybody funny. knows. Yeah. But yeah, I I mean it's, th- it's what is it? It's three episodes, and each episode's between like forty and fifty minutes. So you know, yeah, it's you, worth an evening. Yeah, if you got nothing going on for the weekend mm-hmm. or whatever, check it out. It's a uh, yeah. If you're younger and you have no memories of this, check it out. I think I th- I really enjoyed the corn footage. It's just, I did too. It's, I don't know why it just like activated like a monkey part in my brain. Where it was like <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> It's like fuck yeah, Corn. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Yes, I am ready. Yeah. <laughs> Just a real uh, fucking ape part of my brain turned on. <laughs> like yeah. Oh, I, and I and I love the part where they're like, and then Bush came out. Right. <laughs> Which yeah, nobody cares about Bush. Well, they, back in the day, they they cared about Bush, and I, I like Bush. And it's just like it's again, it's a funny way of they just tried to make the doc more entertaining, and like they because mm-hmm. they had interviews with Gavin Rossdale, and they're trying to like you know play it up as if like Corn just fucking ignited the crowd, and now like oh oh, Gavin Rossdale's in trouble. What will he do? Yeah, he'll come out. And, He's the calming front man. Yeah, he'll come out and fucking play songs bush has some hard shit like <laughs> everybody likes that is true everybody likes glycerine nobody was upset at glycerine <laughs> in 99 <laughs> you kidding me <laughs> all right all right you make a good point on that yeah one. <laughs> it's not it's not like they tried to follow corn with um fuck who would just be like just the drizzling shits at that point uh just in 99 yeah just in 99 who would just be like the real soft like even if just trying to follow it with a yacht rock would it you know <laughs> right well i was thinking like smash mouth but they were popular back then yeah that's the thing like if it had energy it was gonna be fine <laughs> right exactly yeah yeah oh my next thought was the bare naked ladies no, because everybody... But they were good then, too. Because the, the whole thing was MTV, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if, it was, if it was happening on MTV, they were fine. Like, Man. The, it would have to be like a Michael McDonald. If Michael McDonald followed Corn for some <laughs> fucking reason, <laughs> yeah, the crowd probably would have been upset. But honestly, I don't think they would have caused damage. They just would have left. <laughs> they just would have, yeah, gone back to their tents or gone over to the... Uh, the rave hanger. Yeah, it's you know, it's like what we do at Bonnaroo again. Like when an yeah. act comes on that we're not interested in, we go, ah, well, we'll go else. over here now. Yeah, something else going on somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll sit in the beer garden and watch Skrillex from afar. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, what do you say we get back to the the beverages that we're having? Yes, back to the bevies. Yes, back to the bevies. Uh, three heads, the old salty. Salted caramel chocolate stout out of beautiful Rochester, New York, home of the Toy Museum. Yeah, I let it warm up a little bit. I'm finding some more. Uh, there is a little bit more of the saltiness on it. I'm I'm digging it a little bit more. This is definitely a cool beer versus a cold beer. Cool. Which, duh, it's yeah. a stout. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've got a five-pack left over, hmm. so I'm in good shape. I might be interested in that. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, and by might, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know where I live. Yeah. You have my information. Yes. But How was the uh, the shandy? Yes, back to the thirsty dog, black cherry shandy. Yeah, again, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. it's 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 okay. Uh, it's I will say, like, 
in comparison to that cider, it's far less sweet and it's a little more, it's way more dry. Um, you know, but like the cherry flavor isn't huge on it, but if that means that the medicinal flavor is non-existent, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm willing to make those sacrifices. It sounds like a net win then. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a fine drinker and incorporate it into your summer, summer drinking as you want. Okay. Yeah. No bigs. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, we've talked about those beers. Uh, was there any other beers that you had during the week that kind of jumped out at you to round it out to a nice three? Not really, no, because I like this is the first I've been drinking this week. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, then. I haven't had I haven't had drinks in two weeks because uh, of the damn covos. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I will say I think I mentioned it back in the first segment. But I also had that Royal Blueberry by Cider Boys. Yes. My other sighty. I'll say that one would probably be my take uh my runaway for the week. Right that on. That one it's just like it has it has a lot of great blueberry flavor on it, but it's not as sweet as that pina colada and it's uh it's a little bit more dry. So uh, I'll say I, w- I w- if I had to rank them, I would put them Royal Blueberry number 1, Tiki Colada number 2, and then this uh Black Cherry Shandy number 3. All right. I like it. Uh, for myself, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Urban Artifact. Uh, they had Ooh. a. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually able to grab some of that. Uh, they're out of beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had their Key Punch, which was a key lime sour. Oh, sick. Yeah. I was a big fan of that. Nice 12 ounce can to round out a Saturday night. And honestly, I would probably put that in, in my gold. Yeah. Yeah. It just it hit just right yeah that makes sense they make really good beer i like their shit they do yeah mm-hmm. so that's gold i'm gonna put the uh, the three heads old salty and a very strong uh silver mm-hmm. and then i'm gonna put the wall and paw pack the logan's tears and a bronze right on. And again in a strong bronze yeah so right on there you go buy all of those drinks get them all get all get all six get get a six pack of everything we mentioned and you have a day mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> bring a friend bring a friend maybe who cares <laughs> we can't tell you what to do yeah all right then well if you want to find us on social media and tell us all your woodstock 99 memories or if you just want to tell us about fun slipknot shows that you've watched on youtube <laughs> or maybe you went to rock and rio who knows <laughs> tell me about rock and rio <laughs> man i watch fear of the dark at least once a month right from rock and rio <laughs> rock and rio has some great sets on youtube yes. that you can go watch uh but yeah yes if you want to tell us that about any of those Find us on social media by searching Hop Nation USA. That'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher like Stitcher Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Anything that starts in pod or ends in cast, we're on all those. Leave a five-star review because... We are a six Woodstock show, but apparently there was five. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a bigger crime than John Shearer just getting to spout his bullshit on (laughs) that documentary. (laughs) That dude should probably be in jail. (laughs) Yes, very much so. Yeah, like I don't. (laughs) 
I don't know for what, but he probably <laughs> should be. You know, just spin a wheel. Yeah. Just put a whole bunch on there. Spin a wheel. It's like, if that's the darkness we know about, Lord knows what else he's had his hands in. Yes. I <laughs> don't trust that guy. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we'll be back next week. And, uh, you know, I'll probably have my fucking shit sorted as far as Kovo's. Oh, I have to fight that roan dog. We'll maybe put together an episode with a theme. <laughs> we'll try something. We'll do something. Yeah, I'll actually go beer shopping. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, so, yeah, until next time, thank you for joining us. Thank you for keeping up with us. Yeah. We'll be around next week. Yes. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.